Welcome to Southern Sense Talk Radio with your host, the radio chick, Annie Ubellis. Join Annie on Tuesdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time with an open chat room full of her regulars. And yes, you can even call in. Call 917-889-3675. That's 917-889-3675 to be a part of the action on the phone line. Not able to listen live? Not a problem. You can always catch Annie, the radio chick, and Southern Sense Talk Radio podcast in archives at southern-sense.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Southern Sense the right way. Listen, guys, I got something special just for my listeners. If you follow me, you know I usually don't hawk products. I stick to the issues important to you and me. But I think I can't keep this to myself. You may want to check this out and get in on the ground floor before everyone else jumps on the bandwagon. Now, this is just for you, my listeners. I joined up with Team Earth Water. Earth Water is a company that is faith-based and patriotic. Earth Water is an amazing water. It will soon be the rage of the nation and is going worldwide. It has over 70 antioxidants and minerals. It's good, trust me. I already sleep better. I dropped one of my prescriptions, and I'm possibly looking to maybe drop another one soon. So ask yourself, do you want to make a few extra bucks on the side while getting healthier? <laughs> Who doesn't? So if so, check out the Earth Water link on my homepage at Southern Sense. That's the name of the show. Put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. Good afternoon. Good Friday afternoon. You're here listening to Southern Sense here on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, the Lone Star Daily News up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, Facebook, all the heck with it. You know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say go to the name of the show, put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. I'm your hostess with the most, just the radio chick, Annie, and Curtis is not with us. Instead, we have guest co-hosting with us, the one and the only, Mike Hill of Florida. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you today? Good afternoon, Annie. I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, we got ourselves an exciting show. Two great guests that are going to be joining us. We're going to start off with Brandon Strucker. And if that name, name rings a bell, he's the gentleman a few months back started the Walk Away Movement. And boy, has this thing really, really morphed into something absolutely tremendous. So we're going to be talking with him. And then on the second half of the show, we have this amazing kid. He's only 14 years old. And he started a movement called Do Work That Matters. Here we got two people giving back to the community and making it better. Two wonderful young men. And we're going to have a blessed show with them. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Aren't you, Mike? Oh, I am indeed, Annie. You have two great guests who are going to be on. And it should be an exciting program, an exciting show. That it is. And if I can keep my act together, because we are streaming live up on uh, YouTube and Facebook, and I keep on forgetting to change the scenes so that people can see us talking. Oh, man. Talk about messing up. Anyway, um, anyone that listens to the show knows that we start off each and every show 
with a dedication to a fallen hero. And today's dedication is going to go out to police officer Philip Lynn Meacham of the Hoppinsville Police Department out of Kentucky. His end of watch was March 29th of this year. And this is from Defense Maven, and it reads, The wife and daughter of an off-duty Hopkinsville police officer witnessed him being murdered by a man posing as a police officer, according to a Christian County judge executive. The brutal slaying took place on Thursday, March 29th at night, while 38-year-old Hopkinsville Police Department officer Philip Meacham was driving in his vehicle with his wife and third-grade daughter, according to WHAS. Hopkinsville PD says the 35-year-old James Kenneth DeCourcy was posing as a police officer when he made a traffic stop on off-duty officer Meacham at around 5.10 p.m. What occurred after the initial stop was unclear. According to police, DeCourcy fatally shot officer Meacham during a confrontation, then fled the scene, according to the Leaf Chronicle. Christian County Judge Executive Steve Tribble said that the officer's daughter was sitting in the back seat when her father was murdered. Officer Meacham's wife was also in the car, he said. At the hospital, the slain officer's little girl told investigators what she saw. Last night in the hospital, she was pointing to her chest, Tribble said. Of course, she was very emotional and said, that man shot my daddy in the chest. Lee said that DeCourcy stole a white 1997 Chevy pickup truck after the murder, which was located in a Cracker Barrel parking lot in Clarksville, Tennessee, early Friday morning, Belief Chronicle reported. Investigators soon received a call that a man matching DeCourcy's description was at a nearby hotel asking for a cigarette, CNN reported. As the police headed towards the hotel, Montgomery County Sheriff's deputies and a U.S. Marshal witnessed the gunman while he was crossing the street heading back towards the stolen pickup truck. DeCourcy appears to have ignored repeated commands, and the situation escalated, resulting in the law enforcement officers firing upon DeCourcy, killing him, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation said in a statement, according to CNN. Officer Meacham was a 14-year law enforcement veteran in Christian County and had just joined the Hopkinsville PD a year ago. And this is from the Kentucky... Uh, the Kentuckian News, written by Zakona Arian of the New Era Features Editor. It was a somber Friday in Hopkinsville as the community reacted to the shooting death of Hopkinsville police officer Philip Meacham. Hundreds of local residents lined the main street, waiting for the Hopkinsville Police Department procession of the body of Officer Meacham as it proceeded to the land funeral home. Residents said they were shocked, angry, and sad at the fact that an officer was gunned down in broad daylight in their hometown. A law enforcement officer hadn't been killed in a duty-related incident in Christian County since March 19, 1987, when Robert C. Banker, 33, a conservation officer with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, was killed. Brothers Timothy and David Beerley, who were originally from Chicago, said they never experienced anything like this. The two stood at the top of Main Street, watched quietly as the motorcade came through town. We grew up in Chicago, and we've never had anything like this happen that bad, David said. 
Timothy 64, said he was angry and overwhelmed. We never think of something like this happening to our people, he said. I've seen the officer a lot, but I don't know him personally. I hope the family knows that they are in a community that's with them. We're just one big family. Meacham, 38, was shot and killed Thursday, March 29th, on Paulette Court while he was off duty, but assisting another officer, according to a release from the Hopkinsville Police Department. Meacham was fatally shot by the subject just after 5 p.m. He was transported to Jenny Stewart Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead. Meacham was a 14-year law enforcement veteran, having served at both Hopkinsville Police Department since May 2017 and Christian County Sheriff's Office prior. He was a native of Hopkinsville and leaves behind his wife, Mandy, and a school-aged child, Shiley Lynn. Residents sent condolences on Facebook and were shocked as reports came out that the suspect, James, Key, James K. DeCourcy, 35, was still at large that evening, but he was found in Clarksville just after midnight Friday, shot by Montgomery Police Sheriff's deputies after the encounter escalated. Hopkinsville Police Chief Clayton Summers said it's a tough time for the department and they appreciate the show of, of support. That's what we need. That's what the men and women officers need, Summers said. They need to know that a small percentage of, of the population may not have respect for authority, but 99% of it does. Meacham's former high school teacher told News 4 what kind of person he was. He was just an all-around good guy, and he's been in law enforcement for a long time, which means a lot, said Patty Guess, Meacham's former teacher. He knew the risks, and he took the job on anyway. Today's show is dedicated to police officer Philip Lynn Meacham. It is also dedicated to all the brave men and women out there that serve as first responders, be they law enforcement firefighters, or emergency service. It is also dedicated to the brave men and women out there that serve in our military from the birth of the nation through today and into its future. We dedicate it with this song, Amazing Grace. May God bless each and every one.
And we're back. You're here listening to Southern Sense here on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, the Lone Star Daily News, up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, all the heck with it. Go to the name of the show, our webpage, put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. Of course, I'm your hostess with the most, just the radio chick, Annie. And today's guest host is Mike Hill out of Florida. Mike, there is so much to talk about while we're waiting for our first guest to call in. But I want to say hi to everyone that's popping up in the chat room and that's popping up in the studio. Uh, we always love to see our your smiling faces, so to say. But there's a lot to talk about, Mike. Um, right now, they're debating whether or not to take Kavanaugh's uh, nomination out of committee and bring it to the Senate floor. And there's still a battle going on. They were supposed to go to vote at 1.30, and it's been pushed back. Well, of course, that's on everyone's mind right now, Annie, is the Kavanaugh vote and the confirmation um, I believe that uh, Mr. Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed. Um, it's just a matter of time. And these delay tactics, I think, just are uh, just preventing the inevitable from happening. So I wish they would just get on with it and end this entire embarrassing um, segment that we've been going through as a nation. Oh, that it is. That it is very. And you know what surprised me is that my senator, Senator Lamesy Gramnesty, uh, is uh, <laughs> sounding more conservative than ever before. And I was shocked at, you know, his uh, questioning yesterday of, of his mannerisms, and he went forward with it today, and the passion he had. I mean, when he's wrong, I will criticize him, but when he is right, I will back him a hundred percent. And thank you, Lindsey Graham, for just putting it so succinctly. Absolutely. Um, It it was a surprise to a lot of people, including me, that uh, Senator Graham did speak up like that, but it was so well said and much needed, and he should have had others join him in that chorus. Yeah, he did. He did have a, a Ted Cruz uh, and a couple others did speak powerfully about him, uh, which was for me very nice to see that happen. Um, so there were others. But right now, the one senator that's really mucking up the works, of course, is Senator Flake. And boy, does he have the perfect last name, doesn't he? Oh, that's the truth. And, and you know, Annie, it's a shame that he would let his dislike for our president, President Trump, even get involved in this process. And it's so obvious to everyone that that is exactly what's happening. What he should do is set his personal dislike for President Trump aside and instead just go ahead and make his decision based on the merits of what's been placed before him. And I think everyone would agree that the testimony of Dr. Ford was not credible, that there is no need for an FBI investigation, which would do nothing but prolong this charade even longer. And he should just go ahead and vote and vote yes is what he should do. Uh, right now, it looks like it's split, according to Fox News, split along party lines. Uh, so we'll wait and see what happens. It's something could happen while we're um, here on the air. So if anyone hears anything, please feel free to post it in the chat room. I'll try to keep an eye on it. Uh, but it's going to be very interesting. Annie, I just saw something where they're saying that Senator Flake is demanding a one-week delay so that the FBI can conduct an investigation. That's just ridiculous. Well, won't they be out of session? They wait for that delay? Yes, and I think that's his whole intent. 
man, anything to delay, which means that you have to wait until after the midterm elections. Exactly. And so he knows what he's doing, and it's just, it really is inappropriate, and it's all because of his dislike for President Trump. And in fact, I believe a senator said it yesterday, and I wasn't quite sure which one it was, or maybe it was today, who came out and openly admitted that the reason why that they are against Kavanaugh is because Donald Trump made the nomination. So it wouldn't have mattered who they had brought forward. If they were selected by Donald Trump, then they were going to be against it, period. Well, it looks like just now it popped off, of course, Fox News, that it is proceeding to the Senate floor, even though Flake sided with the Dems in calling for um, a probe. So let's just hope Senator Flake, you know, gets voted out. That's right. Well, I'm pretty sure he will be. Oh, all right. So I'm just checking the news on stuff like that and seeing where what's going on. So just bear with me as I float around, because uh, the latest thing I told you about just before we went on air was uh, the crash of an F-35B uh, right at the Marine Corps Air Station here in Buford, which is about 10 miles from where I am. It looks like the pilot did eject safely, but I don't know what's going on on the ground there. It actually, fortunately, uh, he crashed it in a what we call a bluff island uh, that's privately owned and very few people are usually on it. So if we're lucky, no one would have been on the, on the island at the time of this crash, but we do have an F-35B that did go down. And if anyone followed what was going on with the F-35s, there's three versions, the F-35A that goes to the Navy, the F-35B, which is Marine Corps and the F-35C, which is the air force. So there's three different versions of it. And it was a Marine uh, F-35 that went down. So the pilot is being evaluated for injuries at this time, but we're glad that he's safe. Let's hope that no one else was injured. Well, it's always a disaster when we lose a military plane like that because, one, they are so expensive. But thank goodness the pilot was able to eject. And as you say, Annie, let's hope that there are no reports of injuries on the ground. Yeah. So our thoughts and prayers are going out with that pilot and his family and his fellow Marines, because I'm sure they're just as much as uh, worried about what's going on as uh, as his family is. I'm going to try to send a quick message over to our guest to see that he knows to call in. And I'm just sending in a message uh, that we're live and giving him the phone number to call. And hopefully I give him the right phone number, like, not like I did to you a little while ago, give you the wrong phone number, oh, fat fingers on the texting. Anyway, um, so I'm trying to see what else I have here to talk about, because I was watching the hearings, and good Lord, some of the stuff that was being said, but no one, this is something that I found strange, because had this been anyone else, if, if the accuser had been a Republican and not a Democrat, a lot of the things in her background would have come forward because um, InfoWars had uh, put up her yearbook. And the yearbook had uh, all the salacious stuff in it that was absolutely amazing. But no one brought that forward. And if this is our guest in the studio, please press 1 so that way I know it's you, uh, Brandon, and not someone just calling in. Um, if you press one there, we do, we have our guest in on the phone line, Mike. Let's bring along Brandon Strucker of 
the movement that is shaking the nation called Walk Away. Hashtag Walk Away. Good afternoon, Brandon. How are you today? I'm so fine. Please let me start by apologizing to you because I know that I'm, oh my God, I had a phone call that I could not get off of. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it happens. I feel terrible. It happens to all of us. In, in the four <laughs> well, months, I've, got a I, I've, I've, I've done nonstop media for four months and this is the first time I've been late for an interview. I'm horrified. I'm sorry. <clears throat> it happens to the best of us, trust me. I've had where I've had Waleed Perez getting ready to go on an airplane calling me from the airport and you can hear them calling his flight in the background. You name it, it's happened to us. <laughs> so don't okay. worry. Well, I'm sorry. Oh okay. No, no. I'm just glad that you were able to make it. I've got a guest co-host. My normal co-host, Curtis C.S. Bennett, is not with us because he's doing uh, voter training because we've got the midterm elections coming up. So he's not with us. Instead, we have State Representative Mike Hill from Florida joining us. So we got ourselves a guest co-host with us. Um, You started this movement only just a few months ago, and it has just taken off unbelievably. What made you start this? Well, I was a Democrat Party voter my whole life, um, well, my whole adult life, and my whole life I found myself sort of in the liberal camp on the left, and, you know, I'm a gay man, and so I feel like that's sort of, you know, where I felt like I belonged. I think that the Democratic Party and the ideology of liberalism has sort of gripped these minority groups in America, whether you're black or gay or Hispanic, whatever the messages that you receive are definitely that you belong on that side and that you're not wanted on the other side and that the other side hates you. And so that's where I found myself. But as the years went by, I started to find more and more holes in the, uh, in the logic of, or the ill logic of liberalism, um, you know, and that it was becoming more and more divisive, I think, and, and oppressive that, you know, when we started the obsession with identity politics and political correctness and, how everything started to become about privilege and victimhood and uh, hierarchies and patriarchies and oppressors. And I just, it became unbearable for me, but it was really not until after Trump was elected and, you know, I voted for Hillary. I was one of those people who was like devastated that Trump was elected and I was going on social media constantly, you know, ranting and raving and, and asking people how they could possibly vote for this, you know, racist and bigot and lunatic monster. And, um, and somebody, you know, after months of me doing that, somebody finally reached out to me and on one day when I was, you know, saying that I, I, I could never understand how anyone could vote for this person who mocked a, dis, uh, a, a reporter's disability. And the footage that she, she sent me a video, it was footage of, you know, Donald Trump numerous times over the years doing that exact same voice and gesture, but in circumstances where he was imitating someone who had been caught in a lie or doing something shady or dishonest. And so it made it very clear that he wasn't mocking that reporter's disability. He was making fun of the fact that that reporter was caught in a lie. And it was the first time that, you know, my eyes were really open to the media that I had trusted my whole life, that they were capable of creating a, a completely false narrative and then just isolating moments and spinning them out of context to support this, this lie that they were telling. I had no idea, and it, it was mind-blowing to me. And, um, you know, then at that point, I tried to kind of reach out to people and talk to them about it and ask questions. They, you know, ask, have you seen this video, or what do you think about this? And people started becoming very angry and hostile towards me. And um, as the more questions I asked, the more people were 
cutting me off and stopped inviting me to parties or slandering, slandering me on social media and then unfriending me. And, and that just got worse and worse throughout the course of 2017. And then finally, at the beginning of this year, 2018, I just got so fed up with it. And in the month of May, I decided that I was going to sit down because I had just had it. And I decided to sit down and write, you know, just this script basically of everything that's wrong with liberalism and the Democratic Party and just shoot a video and put it out there. And my intention at that time was just to put it out there so that, you know, I would know once and for all who my friends were and who they weren't. I could just make the video, put it out there, and then everyone who wants to leave and, you know, leave my life can just go. And But then I realized, you know, I think there's something more that can be done here because a lot of other people are feeling the same way I'm feeling. And I decided to create a campaign and encourage other people to create their videos too, telling their stories about why they're walking away from the Democratic Party or walking away from the ideology of liberalism, everything that's going on in the left because people have had enough. Well, were you amazed at the response of people walking away? Yeah, I mean – I really was. I mean, because I didn't know what would happen. You know, I thought there's a chance I'll put this video out and I'll announce this campaign and it'll be a huge flop and no one will ever watch my video and no one will ever participate in this campaign and it'll end up being just this big embarrassment. I I definitely considered that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was, I was just amazed once I put my video out and within, um, within a month it had millions of views and um, and then within that month, people started making their own videos. And so we created a Facebook group page to start it. And that's where people started uploading their testimonial videos. And um, it just spread like wildfire. And now at this point in the Facebook group, we have 186,000 uh, people in the walkway campaign. And most of those people have created testimonials uh, telling their stories. But through all social media platforms, because some people don't like Facebook, they just like to be on Twitter or YouTube or Instagram, um, we have about 380,000 on all social media platforms. Um, Brian, well, i got to mention that I see people uh, – Mike, let me just mention that I see people starting to come into the studio. If they do want to ask a question of our guest, Brandon Straka, please press 1. Otherwise, I'm going to assume that you're only listening. Go ahead, Mike. Yes, thank you, Annie, and sorry for that interruption. Um, Brandon, it sounds like that you were a liberal or a leftist at one time, mainly because of social issues and not so much economic policies. So is it also because of social issues that you have now decided to walk away from the left? Um, what, is your, what is your consideration for the economic stance of those on the right? Um, those are all really good questions. Um, I love that. So yes, um, initially I would say I was pretty much a one issue voter, which were, was the issue of gay rights. Now to be fair, I mean, for a long time there, I think in the nineties and in the, you know, initial two thousands, um, gay rights were a big wedge issue politically. And so I felt that's why, why I felt, I think, more uh, drawn to the Democratic Party at that time. And I didn't pay much attention to other policies or, you know, the uh, economic issues or foreign policy issues or national security issues. I was mostly just sort of a one-issue voter. But I feel like as time has gone on and the human race and Americans have evolved, I don't really feel like those type of social issues are dividing us anymore as they were maybe five, 10 years ago. I kind of think we've all moved past that. And 
So when you ask, um, are social issues still a factor? Yes, on both sides. Um, on the left, I think that they have become obsessed with identity politics and social issues to the point where they're often screaming victimhood and oppression in areas that don't even really exist, and it doesn't even make sense. Um, and to the, to the point where they've even, I think, begun to manufacture victim classes of people like gender non-binary and gender fluid people, which I don't even understand what that means. And, um, you know, and of course, their new pet project is illegal immigrants. That's their new victim class, uh, which, you know, don't are not even citizens of our country. Um, and then on the right side, um, social issues, I um, the reason why I'm drawn to the right at this point is because I, I see with my own eyes, particularly in the development of this of the walkaway campaign, that the Republican Party is becoming more diverse and inclusive. And I feel like, again, because I think there's been an evolution of, you know, of where we're headed as people in this country. I think that Republicans are actually very inclusive at this point. And I, and it's cool because I really enjoy that, you know, say if you're a racial minority or, you know, particularly the black community who I think, I think the democratic party has, has oppressed them more than any other class of people because the democratic party loves to tell black people that they cannot succeed, that the, the system is rigged against them, that they are victims of systemic oppression that there is a system put in place in this country that is rigged to ensure that they will fail. Whereas on the right, uh, the Republican Party seems to have a message of self-empowerment, which is something that I completely am on board with, which is saying that it doesn't really matter what the color of your skin is, what your background is, what your race is, or where you come from, or what you started with. You're an American first, and as an American, you have the opportunity to make anything out of your life that you want it to be. And I think that's a really amazing message of empowerment. Well, gee, Mike, did you ever feel like you just couldn't do anything? <laughs> but you know, you know exactly how you're feeling because you're, you faced the, the prospect of having being called uncle Tom and other things. How dare you be a Republican, Mike? Mike, are you oh, black? Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't and, tell that over the phone. And, <laughs> Well, until we have phones with two-way vision, yes, it'll be hard to tell that, Brandon. But oh, um, we do. <laughs> no, it, just just recently, I won a primary election as a Republican, and uh, was castigated because I took this one public stand that uh, a lot of it shocked a lot of people, and it had to do with the Trump Hollywood star, which was destroyed there in Hollywood. And then there were reports that the Hollywood City Council was not going to replace it. So I said, let's bring it to Pensacola, my home, the, the first um, settlement in America. I said, it's, it's just fitting. If they don't want it, we'll bring it here to the first settlement. We'll honor our president and the uh, uh, office that he stands for. And you would have thought that, <laughs> if they could have gotten a hold of me, I would have been lynched by both black and white people. I'm telling you. <laughs> sure. But, but the, the thing is, Brandon, as you say, you're walking away from an ideology which doesn't comport with your own personal values, and it's because you're doing it as an individual. 
And that's what, as you say, the right stands for or what the right will champion is the individual. It's the individual rights, your own intellectual property, the own fruits of your labor, which you are able then to uh, pursue your own happiness. It's not about belonging to a certain group and thinking a certain way. Agreed. Congratulations on your primary win. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, Mike is an old friend of the show, a frequent frequent guest on there. It's always a pleasure to have him, and I'm glad he's co-hosting with me. Uh, but uh, there's something that was posted in the chat room I want to mention uh, because of the vitriol that we're finding from the left that we've got against people that walk away or people that have been falsely accused, especially in the Me Too movement. Uh, our friend Kel had lost a friend to suicide uh, she lost a, a coworker to suicide this, this just this week because of false allegations against him by someone claiming to be of the Me Too movement. Uh, did that surprise you? How much anger and, and hatred that was coming at you and at the rest of us just for being, you know, Republicans or conservatives? Um, I guess it did and it didn't. I mean, I can't really say it necessarily surprised me because I think one almost benefit maybe to being in my position is that I used to be a liberal. So I actually, when, when people rage at me or explode at me, whatever, I actually understand why I understand what they're thinking. I'm not saying it makes sense and I'm not saying that it's, it's okay, but I'm just saying that I know now what the misunderstanding is. I know what they believe. I mean, it's really, it's kind of a form of brainwashing um, what the media does to people and the way that they twist and contort the truth to kind of guide people into believing what they want them to believe. I mean, if, if you think about it this way, if Donald Trump really were a fascist and a dictator, and we really were at the risk of reliving what you know, Germany was experiencing in the 1930s, then all of these people on the left would be heroes. I mean, they would all be really, we'd be saying good, for, like, wow, you're fighting back. You're really, but this, you have to understand, this is, they truly believe this. Because the media has brainwashed these people into believing that we're reliving Germany 1935. And they – so, I mean, you can almost – if you can have compassion in that way, you can almost understand the mania and the hysteria that they're experiencing. Now, it doesn't speak, you know, to their mental health or their gullibility. But, I mean, they're – so I guess when people react that way towards me personally, I'm like – I. I it makes me mad. I don't want to come across as a saint. I mean, there are many times that people explode and I scream at them and swear at them and tell them to do you know what. But um, but then there are other times where I'm kind of like, you know what, whatever. I know it's like I know what you're thinking. You're totally wrong. I'm not even going to like put any, you know, give this any life. You know what I mean? Brandon, Mm. let me ask you this. Yeah, I do. Some of the attacks or criticism on you now, does it go along this vein? You never were truly a leftist. You never were truly a liberal. Have you gotten that? Um, no. I, I, well, have I gotten? I'm sure, I've gotten everything. So yeah, I'm sure I have gotten it at that point. I think some people say um, that I still am. Uh, some people say, you know, you're not really a conservative. You're still a liberal. I mean, that's. I think I get that more than anything. Is that people think. Because, see, I I moved to New York City. I grew up in Nebraska, and I moved to New York to pursue acting and singing. And because I have that background, 
that's something that people on the left like to use against me and say that I'm a failed actor. And because I'm a failed actor, this is how I'm now trying to become famous. Um, which is really funny because as I said earlier in this interview, this could have totally backfired. I mean, (laughs) there was absolutely no um, guarantee that this campaign or my video or anything would be successful. And it could have been an epic failure as a matter of fact. But um, so I get that a lot. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I I would say that's probably what I get more than anything. And I actually think I always was a conservative. Well, you know, the question now is that when you walked away, you had no idea what true conservatism is at that point. Were you amazed at the way that we have embraced you? Yeah, I I really am. And it wasn't – I guess that's something that I should make clear, too. I didn't walk away from the Democratic Party, and then – I didn't, like, walk out that door and then walk right into the Republican Party. It wasn't – it certainly was not an overnight decision. I I can tell you for certain that the day that I officially decided I was done was March 12th, 2017. And the reason why I know that is because I had for months, I had been doing a lot of research. I, you know, my friend had shown me that video in the month of January. So between January, February and March, I had been just reading and researching and finding out all of these things. And I, I was at this point of no return with the democratic party and liberalism. And I was just like, you know, I'm, I think I'm, I can't do this anymore. And then Rachel Maddow um, on March 12th got on Twitter and started telling us, I've got his tax returns. I've got his tax returns. No, really tune in tonight, smoking gun, you know? And of course we all tuned in and then she, you know, wasted all of our time for about a half hour. And then she finally showed us two pieces of paper, which showed that he did pay his tax returns in 2005. It was so stupid and then that was the, I was done at that point. I was like, I am, this is, I'm officially done. I'm no longer a Democrat. And then that was on May, or excuse me, March 12th of 2017. I registered as a Republican in May of 2018. So um, it was almost a whole, you know, somewhere within a year that I sort of made that transition. But then you know, as, it was throughout the course of that year that I slowly started to have conversations with conservatives and started to form relationships with Republicans. And I found that, um, no, that what I thought I would find on the other side wasn't true at all. I actually felt very firmly accepted and embraced. Yeah, because you know, I'm watching the comments in the chat room, and a, there are some people here that take issue with you being gay. But, you know, within the conservative movement, we may disagree with your lifestyle, but, you know, we embrace the sinner, but hate the sin. And that makes us accepting of you because of our Christian conservative values. So, you know, you may find a church that may accept your lifestyle. Fine. We're not going to begrudge that. And we have our beliefs, but we can come together on what the important issues are within conservatism. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that there are a lot more important things that we should all be focusing on. And I think you know, like I said earlier, I think that if we move past people's personal lives being legal wedge issues for politics, then we should be focusing on the things that are more important, like how we grow our country, how we grow our economy, how we keep people safe, how we make sure that we have you know, national security and sovereignty, and how we build up the American people. Like, these are things that I think are much more important 
than divisive wedge issues about people's personal lives. Now, you do a podcast. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Annie. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to to promote your podcast because you do do a podcast on Monday mornings, um, which I watched a couple of them, and some of your guests are just fantastic. Um, (laughs) But you also, besides your podcast, um, you touch all different types of subjects. What have you found to be the most interesting that you've done with your podcast? Yeah, well, it's actually on Monday nights. Uh, It's Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. And um, my YouTube channel, for anyone who would like to check it out, is um, youtube.com backslash U.S. Minority. U.S. Minority. So um, my favorite – it's relatively new. I've actually only done four episodes, but I've been very lucky because I've had incredible guests, like you said. My first was Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, my second was Roseanne Barr. My third was Antonio Sabato Jr. And last week I had Mason Weaver, and they, they're all amazing. But my favorite interview so far was Roseanne, easily. Um, and she and I actually spent the whole – usually I have a variety of guests in one episode. I'll have kind of a celebrity guest, and then I have a couple other guests. Um, but Roseanne, we did the full hour together and it was really, oh, it was just wonderful. Like we got very in depth and very, she actually called me on the phone a couple of months ago because she loves the walk away campaign. And we started to kind of develop a friendship just by talking on the, on the phone. And then I asked her if she would do my show and she said, yes. And, um, and I, I told her from the very beginning, I said, Roseanne, this interview is going to be different than other interviews that you've done recently because I am not going to have you come on my show and defend yourself or try to con- or apologize to the American people or try to convince people that you're not a racist. Because I was like, you're, you're, I know you're not a racist. I have loved Roseanne for 30-whatever years. I've seen every episode of that show 25 times. The woman is a good person. She's not a racist. She's always been a civil rights advocate. She's always been a, a, a humanity advocate. And so I said, you know, you're going to come on my show and we're just going to talk and we're not going to do this, you apologizing and you defending yourself. And we just had a wonderful, wonderful conversation for about an hour. And we got into a lot of stuff. We did talk about the tweets. We did talk about racism. We talked about politics. We talked about walking away because she's walked away as well from the Democratic Party. And she's now a Republican as well. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely been my favorite because she's a good person. And I think that she is – almost a a perfect example of what liberal ideology is capable of doing to people that it doesn't even matter what kind of a person you've been your entire life. If you step out of line or make one little mistake, your entire life's work can be taken away from you and you can be branded a racist for the rest of your life. Even if it isn't true. I go ahead, Mike. Um, Brandon, let me ask you this. Um, the tenets of conservatism and on the right, you can sum it up in you know, these four little things. Limited government, low taxes, personal freedom, and individual responsibility. That, that's conservatism right there. Now, yeah. you've come over to the right side for about a year, year and a half now. So let me ask you kind of a pointed question. What on the right have you found that you don't like or you haven't been able to come to an agreement with yet? 
<laughs> you ask great questions. Good I love that. I don't think I don't think I've ever gotten that question before. Let me think about that. What do I not like on the right? Um, I don't I don't know if anything pops out of, out of, uh, at me immediately. What I can say, I think the thing I've had the hardest time um, trying to understand, and and I kind of just take it slowly, is that I do feel like there are sweeping generalizations sometimes that I see on the right about Muslim people. And I try to break it down and I try to understand it because I believe that there is, well, there is such a thing as radical Islam. And I think that that's a really scary problem. And I think it's something that we have to be honest about. We have to be able to tell the truth about it. We have to be able to talk about it. But I also do think that there are a lot of really good people who are Muslims. And I think, sometimes I feel like that line gets blurred with some people on the right when I hear them talking about the problem with Muslims, the problem with Muslims. And that kind of makes me bristle a little bit because I think, you know, there's a difference between an entire sect of people, who, you know, a religion and, and a radicalized ideology, if that makes any sense. Well, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll send you a couple of emails. Uh, there's some uh, places that I can send you reference to because I have read the Quran. And uh, the problem is is with Islam itself. And once you read the Quran, then you'll understand why we as Americans have a hard time with it. Once you understand what Sharia law is, then you'll understand why it is completely and wholly in, incompatible with our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Uh, yes, there are people that you say are, are nice Muslims, but they are called within Islam, apostates, because they're not true adherents to Islam. If they behave friendly towards you as an American, you as a gay man, and they become an apostate to Islam and subject to harsh penalties as possibly even death. Uh, so these are the problems we have as Americans with Islam. Uh, and majority of Muslims have never read the Quran, so they don't know what's in it, and they're adhering to a religion that they themselves don't fully understand. So I'll, I'll send you some reference uh, information and people that maybe you may want to reach out to and talk to about that, and it may help you to understand why we have a problem with Islam. Does that sound like a good plan? I, I, would, I would love it. Yeah, I would love to read it. Uh, I just want to move along because I'm looking at the clock. We're starting to run out of time. It's so much fun to talk to you. Uh, you Thank are you. coming up with a march next month, a march on yes. D.C. And I, I, I was watching your video last night where you said, well, I had to change our plans because you didn't expect the reaction to it. Uh, what are you doing in October? This, this sounds like right. a lot of fun. <laughs> so October 26th to the 28th, we're doing the March on Washington, walk away March on Washington weekend. It starts on Friday, October 26th, with a gala dinner at the Trump International Hotel. It's going to be amazing. We'll have a, a kind of a VIP cocktail hour at the beginning for those who would like to get a VIP ticket. For a regular ticket, you'll have a, a three-course meal at the Trump International. We'll have a DJ. There'll be dancing. There'll be music. There'll be food. There'll be wine. And um, I'm going to get up and say a few words, and we're pinning down our other keynote speaker as we speak. I can't announce right now, but it's going to be very exciting. The next day, the 27th, is the March and Rally. We'll be marching in the National Mall, and uh, we believe we're going to arrive in front of the Washington Monument. And at that point, we're going to have an amazing group of speakers. Um, we have Stacey Dash, Joy Vila, uh, Buzz Patterson, Mason Weaver, and Many, many, many more. Um, and some of our best walkaway stories, too. We're going to get up. We're going to tell our stories. We're going to say uh, um, 
get people kind of energized and ready to go into the midterms and get out and vote. And then on the next day, which is Sunday the 28th, we're going to do our closing farewell brunch and give people the day to travel back home. And that brunch will also be at the Trump International Hotel. And if anyone would like to attend or uh, register, which we really encourage people to register for these events, they can go to our website, which is walkawaymarch.com. And you can click on a link in there for Eventbrite, and that will take you to our Eventbrite, which has all the registration information. Yeah, because uh, I was looking at your list of speakers that you were had, you were talking about on your last show, and some of them have been guests here on the on the show here. And I love Lieutenant Colonel Buzz Patterson; he's a lot of fun oh, to talk to. Oh, he's amazing. Um, yeah, we've had Dinesh D'Souza also on the show a couple of times. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> so you got great speakers. But the funniest part was you originally thought you were going to march from the DNC headquarters in DC. Uh, through Washington, <laughs> D.C., uh, but you Correct. had to change your plans. We did because it turned out that we could not legally assemble more than 300 people in front of the DNC, and we anticipate that this march is going to be much bigger than that. So we couldn't – it just wasn't worth it to you know, potentially put people in danger and – do you know what I mean? It just – we couldn't do that. So – we, that was the plan initially, and just for the sake of symbolism, but you know what, I would rather have lots and lots of people show up and everybody be able to have a great time than go for doing that symbolism and, you know, it, putting people in danger and overcrowding the space, and it's just, it wouldn't be worth it. Well, have you thought about teaming up with Turning Point USA and visiting colleges and high schools and talking to them about, you know, your viewpoints? I mean, that's something that could definitely be in the cards, I think, down the road. I I have had conversations with Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk. Um, they're extremely busy people, you know, and they have their own thing going on with their organization. And we're absolutely nuts at doing our thing at the Walkway campaign. We're, we're actually in the process of um, transitioning into a hybrid PAC organization. And so the combination of that plus planning this march coming up is – there are not enough hours in the day to get everything done that we need to get done. But, um, you know, who knows what the future will hold? I, I think it would be great to team up uh, possibly with those guys down the road. Uh, there's so many uh, different aspects and avenues that you have to go with, but congratulations on you know getting such a successful movement. Because I know friends of ours over at Hubbook were trying to reach out to you to see if you want to open up a page on theirs, you know, a, a group page to see if you can get more people to walk away. Um, there's a whole mess of new websites, social websites out there, such as Gab, um, uh, Me, MeWe, uh, there's another one, Pro-American Only, Pro-America Only. A lot of them are sprouting up as they walk away, as well as walking away from Facebook because of the censorship. But have you yeah. been censored on Facebook at all? Oh, God, are you kidding? Yeah, I um I actually, when I first joined the show, I heard you saying something about Infowars, and I kind of bristled for a second because I uh, I went on Infowars a few weeks ago to talk about the Walkway March on Washington, and um, I talked about it to the group, the Patriots in the Walkaway campaign. I just said, "Hey, Patriots, I'm going live on Infowars in 15 minutes. Be sure to tune in." And Facebook used that as an excuse to ban me from Facebook for 30 days because I used the word Infowars. And luckily, I got on Twitter and I tweeted about it, and the conservative media and the conservative uh, community rallied around me, and Facebook repealed the ban. 
But, um, yeah, no, they, they pull tricks like that all the time, and it's really nasty. Oh, the only reason why I mentioned them is because I pulled up uh, copies of uh, Kavanaugh's accuser, Dr. Ford's yearbook, from their website. So when I pull information off a website, I do like to cite it. So if anyone wants to fact-check me, they can always go back to the source and look at what I looked at because um, uh, it was damning. Had she been a Republican, this would have been splashed across the front page. But what they have done to uh, Judge Kavanaugh is absolutely outrageous. Have you followed it at all? Yeah, I've been trying to. Uh, I, I followed it a little the last few days, and now I'm trying to kind of go back because I was so busy I had to miss a lot of it. But it's like a soap opera, and it's like when you you start watching a soap opera and then you want to go back and see all the stuff you missed. Like, so um, yeah, I'm I'm catching moments, but it's it's pretty it's pretty sickening, you know, I think. Okay, well, Brandon, you know, this can is I ask you a question, we... please? Go ahead, sure. Okay, and, and this will kind of put you on the spot. Great. How do you feel about President Trump? I love President Trump. Awesome. That does, I don't feel put on the spot at all. Okay, awesome. No, I love him. Well, I was just going to mention the hypocrisy when I was watching the uh, Kavanaugh uh, circus, as it is, as I call it. And they're, you're yelling at this guy for something he did when he was a teenager. He was a minor, something that's past the statute of limitations. And yet here we have something that happened only two years ago with Keith Ellison. And what he did is a felony. And no one is prosecuting him. No one is up in arms over Keith Ellison, where he did brutal domestic violence. Uh, no one talks about Cory Booker, who admitted you know, in a, a national article that he molested a girl and got away with it. And no one's crying about that, but yet Kavanaugh is being put through the rung. Do you find the unevenness there, the way liberals are treated compared to the way conservatives and Republicans are treated? Oh, well... Absolutely. But I mean, ultimately, it's I don't think that they really care about this woman anyway. I mean, I don't think they care about any of this. I think it's just this is how far they're willing to go as a stall tactic. I think it's, you know, any everything that happens under this president and this administration is offensive to them. And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it's equally offensive. I think that African American support for Donald Trump has gone from 15 to 36 percent. They hate that too. They hate anything that is a positive result that stems outwardly from this president. And so, for simply by virtue of the fact that the president has nominated Brett Kavanaugh, they hate him. And so, it, I don't think that they care whether this story is true or not. I don't think they care about this woman. I think that they just care about dragging this man through the mud and making a display of, you know, what they, how far they're willing to go and what they'll do to spite the president. Yeah. Well, it's been fascinating learning about you. Uh, I've been following you as you've been on the news and I look at every once in a while, the uh, videos of people post, um, some of them are absolutely wonderful. Some are little, you know, they, they meander as they, they ramble on. Um, but have you had fun with watching what people are posting up there, the videos? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I love watching the walkway videos. I think I find all of them inspiring, and their stories are amazing. And I'm always proud of everybody who steps up and creates one. Mm. Well, the walkaway movement is really taking uh, forward. So people can find you up on Twitter and YouTube as you. No, 
I'm trying to get this right, <laughs> U.S. minority, and you also go under unsilent majority. Uh, you've got web pages all over the place. You've got the walkawaymarch.com as well as, well as walkawaycampaign.com. Um, right. Let me make a quick question. Are you though. now – Actually, if, if I may, it's um, – so my, my, um, my Facebook uh, public persona page is the unsilent minority silent minority and the handle is at us minority so that's what that was <laughs> i i can't keep up with all of them you know well they all serve a different purpose i mean the campaign page is for the campaign and then the march is for the special event which is the walkaway march yeah I, I was wondering are you having a walk with a campaign coming up because you know you have people walking away but what about those of us that are embracing you and your friends coming over a walk with the walk away well that's we call those on the right the walk with so the we have those that walk away and we have those that walk with and this march on washington is going to be a uh, a combination of both the walkaways and the walk with everyone will be coming together and the walk-withs also make their testimonials. That's the people on the right who are taking the narrative back about what it means to be a Republican or conservative in America, taking that narrative back from the left who's hijacked it and said that they're all bigots and racists and, you know, what have you. Um, that's, that's what their testimonials are about. And they are walking with the people who have walked away on the left. Yeah. Well, you know, the chat room has been quite lively, and uh, one of our – Chatters here says he's going to make sure he watches the Roseanne interview uh, so people can find you. Matter of fact, our friend Kel has been uh, posting your links to the videos. So, uh, and she says Joe Walsh is going to have to write a new song, Walk With. <laughs> That's from Sasquatch. <laughs> like uh, so, you know, you're getting a lot of support here. Uh, so, it's a great movement, and I'm glad that you had the courage to, to stand up and do that. Uh, one last thing, because I'm looking at the clock before we let you go. Um, you told a story about going to buy camera equipment so you can do your podcast. What happened to you, and did you ever get a resolution to it? Um, yeah, so I, I was um, denied service at a camera store in New York City because they recognized me from television, and they claimed that I – they asked me if I was uh, – an alt-right uh, person if I was using the camera equipment for alt-right purposes. Um, so uh, they ended up denying me, that gentleman denied me service, but the owner of the store reached out to me, and he was very apologetic, and um, I was happy to accept his apology. Oh, good. You know, it drives me crazy. Mike, you'll agree, because you know, I get this a lot. You know, they call me the alt-right. There's no such thing as an alt-right they, then they say uh, fascists are, are Republicans. No, fascism is a socialistic movement. It has nothing to do with Republicans or, or the Republic. It's the exact opposite. And we get labeled things uh, saying that the KKK is part of the Republican Party. No, the KKK was born out of the Democratic Party. And matter of fact, it was born out of the red shirts here in this state of South Carolina under a uh, former general of the Confederate Army, General Gray. It was known as the Gray Doctrine. Uh, it was a policy he had where they went out and then they lynched and beat up blacks. And that was the start of the KKK, the Democratic movement. But the lies of the history. So uh, would you be willing to do something to work with educating the public so that kids in school can learn what the true history of the United States? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the goals of our 
long paint is to, um, you know, after we get through this March and after we get through the midterms, we want to, you know, we're transitioning into a hybrid pack and we'd like to, one of the things we would like to do is get um, speakers out on the road and have them speaking in college campuses and public events and universities and stuff and telling their stories about why they walked away and, you know, there's so much in liberal indoctrination in the education system now, so we'd like to have alternative points of view in these um, education systems so that people can hear that. Well, Brandon, it has been a lot of fun speaking with you. Uh, you're welcome to come back on the show anytime. You've got my email. You've got my phone number attached to the email, so feel free to give me a call. It's a pleasure, and thank you, and God bless you for taking this movement forward and having the courage to do it. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. All right, and I'll just let you know that people listen to the podcast. You know how that works. Most of the people listen to it in the archives. So as they listen to it, in the description is a link to your website so they can click on it, go on there, and learn more about you. Um, Yeah, uh, the walkwaycampaign.com or walkwaymarch.com. Either one of those websites would be great, and they can find me on social media at U.S. Minority. Thank you, Brandon. Have a blessed day. Brandon Strucker, check him out. It's uh, walkawaycampaign.com. And we got our next guest up on the line, Mike. This is an amazing kid. He's only 14 years old, and he's put together a new movement that is really starting to shape up the way kids look at uh, their fellow Americans called Do the Work That Matters. Let's welcome aboard Miller Browning. Good afternoon. The teeth and straight. Good afternoon, Miller. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. All right, I know your mom, Chris, is with you, too. I am. Hi, Annie. Hi, Mike. Hello. How are you both? Oh, man. Good. How are oh, you? Man. Now, you're only, you're only 14 years old, and you've put together this fantastic web page, uh, and where you're doing good work, actually, with it, uh, you're going around and, res- and recognizing the heroes next door. Tell us about yourself and what inspired you to start doing this. So I was actually 11 when I started the company, and um, I started this because of my great-grandfather and my Uncle Eddie. They are uh, both farmers, and from my youngest memories, it was my favorite place to be on the farm, whether I was watching them work or I was helping them work. I really just loved being on the farm. So um, I came home one day from Virginia from visiting, and I went on Custom Make, and I made a T-shirt, and it had a tractor on it and said, do it that matters. And I showed it to my dad, and I had the idea, you know, we should start making T-shirts. And um, I wanted to make one. I thought about other people in my family, you know, my grandparents, uh, military. So we spread out to different occupations, and it went from there. Yeah, because now you recognize firefighters, police, teachers. You You go the whole gambit. Yeah, uh, we have all the armed services, you know, police, we have EMT, uh, we have the animal rescue, uh, Christian. So we want to grow What has been your most popular one, Miller? What what has been your most popular T-shirt? It's kind of a mixed match. A lot of it, animal rescue has been a big hit. A lot of people like that. Well, who are the, besides your grandfather and your great uncle, uh, who are the heroes that you admire the most? Um, well, I really think that we give too much credit to, like, uh, you know, the big movie stars and stuff. And I want to get down into, like, the firefighters and stuff and the police. You know, they're really here when we need them, and they're doing work that matters. 
So now, I think I've those seen are a lot of pictures of the. I've seen a lot of the pictures you had up in your website, and you know, Cal, don't look at his picture. He's too good looking for you. <laughs> but I also, you also um, went through some of the things that you have on there, and I was amazed at you know, the maturity that you have. And this is for your mom, Chris. Uh, Chris, you know. What amazed you about your son? Because I, I, the, his willingness to do this at, from the age of eleven, his mental maturity. What is it that you know that from you pushed him to do this? I, I mean, we're so proud of him. Um, but we were a little. I mean, we were taken back a little bit when we saw the shirt that he created um, at eleven, and we were just kind of. My husband and I were we're asking him, how did you come up with, you know, that phrase, do work that matters? Because, you know, at 11, it's not like he's, you know, I I didn't feel like he had seen it around a lot, you know, or anything. So basically when he said to us, I watched granddad and, you know, he and, and uncle Eddie and how hard they work and they're doing, they're doing the real work that matters. And it just kind of took us both by surprise, I guess, for such a young child but Miller's really always been very mature for his age so surprised I guess by it was just a little surprise but then when we we really thought about it we were um we knew that that was his character that's just who he's always been and thrilled that he wanted to branch out to you know police and military and um his his grandfather's a marine and was in Vietnam and he has uh, a grandfather in the Navy. So it's all really personal to him. Um, and he's actually, you know, he's really opened up my eyes to a lot of things that yeah, I think sometimes it takes kids to help adults see clear. Oh, true. That is so true. Absolutely true. Now, Brandon, what do kids in school think of you doing this? Um, they're, a lot of them are really supportive. Some of them just don't really, you know, care, but you know, kids these days, they're just not as interested in stuff like this. But some of them, some of my friends are pretty supportive, and, and that's nice. So. Well, you Miller, know, on your website, you you've got a lot of – go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. This Andy, is our I guest can't... co-host today, Mike Hill. Um, yeah, Miller, let me worry. ask you this. Have you thought of doing it in other languages, perhaps Spanish? Just that has not a... – that has not occurred to us yet. I mean, we've obviously it's a new um, company, and I want to branch out to different occupations, but different languages. I don't know. I think we'd probably uh, branch out to different occupations first. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, Miller has big ambitions, but we've kind of slowed him down a little bit. He has to. We're telling him baby steps. Yeah, we get a bunch of emails and things from. <laughs> People, you know, they're like, hey, can you make a, you know, this shirt? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, do you have, like, you know, artistic skills where, you know, you design this on the computer? Do you hand draw it? How do you do these? I go on the computer and we looked at vectors um, and I figure out all the colors and I figure what we want to try and get something that resembles it as much as possible. So when someone looks at it, they're like, Oh, that's a firefighter symbol or, you know, so, and I've drawn up the few things like the nurse t-shirt. I drew a stethoscope. He did a kid's line for a oh, children's what? boutique in uh, Charlotte and they asked him to um, do for toddler teas. And 
so he did grow up and do work that matters and he literally drew drew it to make it more kid-like and um that's what he's speaking to about the stethoscope yeah my art skills aren't as good so it looks like a kid did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it worked out great it worked yeah. out great but that was one of the reasons oh, why he um, he wrote uh, emails to all the branches of the armed services to see if he could use their official emblems. And um, two of them, the Air Force, honored him with the official license. Yeah, so I'm actually like an official licensee of the Air Force, and I can use their symbol and everything. And I have the little uh, patch on the side of the arm. It's pretty cool. And we actually have the Coast Guard, too. He's working on the Coast Guard. Yeah, oh, he's nice. working on the Coast Guard, but we still got the... Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, one of the things is I noticed on your website, you have a blog attached to it. Well, you have a lot of inspiring little uh, postings there. And one of them I think is important because of the what we're talking about today. We, we had Brandon Strucker on just earlier with the Walk Away campaign. But you also ha- talk about to the kids and to everyone else is you're telling stand alone it doesn't mean to stand lonely but to stand up and stand alone tell us about those ideas you you posted uh i think you should be yourself follow your own path and not let other people control you or be a sheep you don't have to be a loner but just be the leader in the pack don't be the follower i think that's a big thing because you're not going to get many places if you just sit behind and follow people and, you know, follow the crowd. And, you know, if someone's wearing a T-shirt and a bunch of other people start wearing it, then you wear it. I mean, I think you should just do your own thing and what you like and not worry about what other that's people think. Important. That's that's really important today because we get so many people just blindly follow everyone else and they don't stop to think for themselves. And that's important, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big deal. Nice. You know, you also talk about, and this I found so interesting. I didn't know this. You taught me something that you wrote that you read somewhere at the age of seven. Something in the brain allows us to feel regret. I didn't know that. Thank you for teaching me. Yeah. But you talk about (laughs) regret. Go ahead, Um, Miller. uh, Do you just want me to talk about the post? Yes, please. Yeah, well, I I feel like... um, You know, regret's a big deal. You do things you regret a lot, and uh, you should just do things that you need to think twice before you do it and figure out if you're going to regret this later on because you might do something or not do something, and it's like, you know, I regret not doing that. And I think it's, Well, we do have a question. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. All right, well, we do have a question from Kel in the chat room, and Kel has her own show uh, up here on Global Patriot Radio, and she's asking, do you have time to do the fun teen stuff, like hang out with friends, go to dances and stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm actually in the motocross. I race motocross a lot, so every weekend and during the week, sometimes after school, I'll go ride or train, and I hang out with friends. I live, you know, a pretty normal life, but as soon as I get home, it's do work that matters. You know, I work on uh, content and I work on spreading my message. Um, I email people. I try and get my word out as much as possible, but I still have time to do my own thing. Yes. But I was going to ask what you did race because you did do, do a posting on there. I mentioned that you race a bike and I didn't know if that was a bicycle or if it was a motocross or what you were racing. And I'm a big NASCAR fan. Matter of fact, um, 
my cousin, who's only about six months older than me, uh, was racing in the Wheeland Modified in the Northeastern Division. Um, he's the number 99 team. Um, but you do the racing, and that's really cool. And you talk about also frame of mind and what it means when you were racing and how you were able to do stuff depending upon your frame of mind. Yeah, so it really affects me. Like, if I'm having a bad day or I think I can't do something, it shows in my riding. If I go out on the track and I don't have the right mindset, um, I'm not going to ride 110% or I'm probably going to make some mistakes and crash. Uh, I've, my trainer, he works on that a lot with me, you know, mindset. Like, he's got me to do things on the bike that I thought I'd never do, you know, jumps or uh, different things. That It's crazy how your mind affects your actions. Well, Chris, how do you feel when he's out there on the track? Aren't you scared? I believe nausea is the correct um, term. <laughs> She's not. It's my da- it's my dad that brings me to all that stuff. My mom is. She tries to just. She wants me to be safe, but she does not want to go watch. That's not her thing. I think she came to watch me, pray, maybe twice, and she just can't do it, which I understand. I can't handle seeing him over twenty five feet in the air flying. Flying, it, it just doesn't make sense to me, and I, and I, and there's a feeling that overcome is just it takes over my whole body, and it's 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 not a good feeling. Yeah, and if she came out to some of the bigger tracks where it's pretty big jumps, she would probably throw up and pass out or something. Yeah, it's not good. So I just want to know he's safe, and um, I I know he's a, he's a great rider, and I see the videos, and that's that's, that's good enough that's for good it. enough for me. <laughs> Chris, let well, me ask no, you I this. You. I, I know that you and your husband, of course, being the parents, that there are times when you um, you have to guide Miller in, in his direction with these T-shirts. Um, and let me ask both of you, have you ever received a request for making a T-shirt for work that matters that you had to say no to? That, no, that that's not what – we're not going there. Have you come across something like that yet? Well, when people email us or something, our answer is, you know, we're just starting out where we can do that in the future. But right now we're going to have our main occupations. And eventually when we start getting bigger, we'll start to spread out to different occupations. And, you know, we'll tell them, you know, we'll get to it. But right now, I'm sorry, we're just we're not established enough to grow bigger. But, Mike, if you're talking about the customization part of um, we've had a a few people reach out about customizations for charity organizations, um, really nice ones. But there is a clause on there that it, it, there is not just anyone can, you know, sign up to have a shirt made. It's, it has to be within, within the lines of what Miller believes and his whole core uh, values as far as his message goes. Um, so that is on the website under customization. And no one has um, inquired about it yet. Um, and I'm sure it's just a matter of time you know, before that happens. Um, so, you know, we'll just handle it as it comes. But, I mean, anyone who goes to the site and they can see that there's a general theme there. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And what good question, Mike. Very good question. <laughs> I, I don't think I answered the first part of his question, but, oh, as far as his father and I, um, definitely we um, – I'll be really honest. I was hesitant to – um, support Miller on this because um, I knew it was going to be, I know that um, we don't do anything halfway. We're either um, 
All in or all out. All in or all out. And I knew that I was going to have to do a crash course and everything in order to help guide him. Um, and so, so yeah, um, you know, we, we helped him get it trademarked. That was an adventure. And um, we, um, you know, I've, I've helped him figure out, I didn't even know what a t-shirt blank was before this started. Um, and then, you know, my husband and I are both in the advertising world. I'm a food stylist and he is a commercial photographer. So we could not let things just be, um, you know, mediocre. So we, we were, you know, adamant to Miller, like, you know, here's a lineup of shirts, you know, you need to pick the best one. It needs to be this quality. You know, there's a whole list of things that we're teaching each other and teaching him at the same time. So there's a lot of support there. I mean, he has to, he doesn't know how to run a business. And um, since my husband and I both run businesses, um, essentially we were just taking him under our wing and telling him what he needs to do and, and how to do it. So it's a great learning process for him and will only, you know, get better as he gets older. You know, uh, there's a great question in the chat room, but I'm going to get to it in a split second because I want to point out, and this is going to lead into Kel's question in the in the chat room. Uh, and I found amazing that Chris, you have a phrase that you say all the time, and Miller ended up making a blog post out of that about three life lessons he's learned from something you said, a single thing. You said fair is where you get cotton candy. So that's correct. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's my uh, the kids lessons. Go ahead, uh, Chris. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was just going to say, um, I just, I think it's, the kids have always made fun of me. Miller's older brother is 24, but that's something I've said ever since they were little. Um, I, you know, it's life, life has its ups and its downs, but I, I, I stumble when I hear someone say life is not fair because it's what you make it. And yeah, you have to overcome obstacles and you have, uh, struggles, but it's ultimately your mindset and where you want to go. You have to make it happen. Well, Miller, tell us about the three life lessons that you formed from what your mom has taught you. Um, You know, not everything's going to go as you think it is. It's not always going to be fair. It's not always going to be how you want it, but it's life. You got to deal with it. It's how it goes. And it's how you react to it. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's how you take things and you cope with it that, you know, um, well, I you, you talk about, you know, times, you talk about where times can be hard and difficult, uh, but you're saying that you, you may want to quit and give up on your goals, and you're basically saying don't. You know that's going to happen, yeah. so just work through it, right? Yeah, and definitely. You, you talk I mean, about people being cruel. Yeah, I don't think that just, like, someone saying or something that is a minor inconvenience or even a big inconvenience that you should just give up. I think that if you really want something, you just need to keep fighting for it and go and don't give up and you can't let people get in your head or other things get in your head. You just need to keep a straight mind and block other bad things out as much as you can and just go for it. Well, now that leads me into the question that Kel has asked in the uh, chat room here. She wants to know what you aspire to study if you want to pursue a secondary education or a trade. You know, what is it you want to do with your life? So if it depends on how, you know, if my uh, do work that matters gets as big as I want it to go. Uh, college, um, major in entrepreneurship, 
I've thought about military. Um, there's things outdoors that I want to do. It's I really want to work outdoors. I don't want to be doing something inside. I want to be doing something with my hands, you know. And but entrepreneurship, pursue that in college, military, or something with my hands outside. Oh, God bless you, Chris, for raising someone that wants to uh, give so much to uh, this this country. I mean, Thank wow, you. we need more moms and dads like you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know, um, you talk about taking risks, and you took a risk with this with this uh, uh, pursuit that you have here, doing work, the business you have, do works that matters. Eus, uh, and as you know, I. I probably heard me mention with Brandon that there is a link in our show page that when people turn on to the archives and listen, they can click on it and go directly to your website and order one of these T-shirts. But there's a portion of the T-shirt that you do something with. You don't take just the whole profit and walk away with it. No, so when we start making profits and we, uh, to be clear, we have not made a single profit. We're still putting money into it, trying to grow the business. But when we start making profits, we're going to donate 10% of all profits to local charities, whether that be a fire station, police station, or any other local uh, people that do or that matters in our opinion, we'll donate. Um, But we're still giving back, in my opinion. We go out to fire stations, police stations, and if we see a police officer on the street, but we'll actually go and bring food, and we'll bring T-shirts and hand out T-shirts and food to everyone at the fire station, police station. And we actually did a food drive at my local food line just down the street. We did a food drive, and we raised, like, I think it was, like, 216 people we fed. with 500 all the food, meals. 500 meals uh, that we got, and we did a people pet food drive. We had the animal, um, this lady that does uh, adopt dogs and stuff. She brought dogs out to be adopted, and it was a cool event. Yeah, Miller has a big wow. heart, and um, so far... Um, like he says, you know, we're not even a year uh, since he's launched his website. It'll be a year in November. But he um, he has wanted to help. He has participated in a charity event that helped first responders get seats to a dinner um, for hotshot Brennan McDonough, um, who um, was one of the firefighters that um, lost his crew years back. Um, he was able to, he wanted to participate in that. So he'll he'll come to me with, um, things that he wants to donate to, and um, we have let him do that, you know, to a, to a point. Obviously, um, what he what we can do, but um, he's been able to help firefighter um, contribute to getting a, a hearing aid so that she can continue with her um, training. And like he said, he the food drive, he led that and did a wonderful job of, you know, I think it was a learning experience. And next year. Hopefully it'll be bigger. Yeah, we want to make it into an annual thing. So, and just a big annual food drive. Wow, that's that's but great. But it's all about giving. You back. know, there is, well, there is something too. When people give and they give generously, uh, believe it or not, there is like an endoform. Uh, I mispronouncing the word, but there's a, like a chemical that's released in your brain that gives you a natural high. And people don't realize that they they spend so much time being down on themselves. They don't understand what the joy of giving actually does to them physically and mentally. That's true. Yeah, it, it is. And just recently for 
the hurricane relief, we brought a whole pallet of water and other things like diapers and little necessities to the 1075 uh, KZL. They had a big truck, a tractor trailer they were trying to fill up, and that was pretty cool. It just, it does make you feel good to be able to help in any way possible yeah, or give. Just, yeah, because we've, we've got our, our our sister church right now, they posted a picture of it up in uh, the Conway and where it, the water is up to the windows. It's starting to recede. I believe it went down about two to four feet yesterday, and now they're in the process of now trying to clean up. So anyone it knows about the hurricane, please go to our website, which is Southern Sense. Put a dash in the middle. There is a button on there that you can go where you can donate to the organizations that are helping with there, such as the Salvation Army, Red Cross, and uh, Samaritan's Purse are up there. And our church is now putting stuff together to send up there because we're just about three hours south of them. Uh, so please, and uh, Miller, thank you for doing that. It, it is desperately needed up there. You know, we have <laughs> friends and stuff that are in that area too. So um, you take risks. You talk about taking risks and the importance in life to take risks. Uh, and some people are just too timid to do anything, and they miss out. You talk about yeah, that also on your blog. Yeah, I mean, how can you know how something's going to go if you just don't do it? I think that you should just go for it, and no matter how it turns out, um, you get the experience of it. You know, it's better to do something than not, I think. And I no. just, we went for the... I'm, Go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, Miller. This is Mike. Um, I went on your website and I saw your your, your various T-shirts that you have to offer, and I want to applaud you. You're doing major work, but I have a bone to pick with you, Miller and Chris. You <laughs> need to instruct them on this. Okay. I'm an Air Force veteran, and that Air Force T is higher than everything else on your website. Why is that? There's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, and the reason is um, you, to ha, to be an official Air Force licensee, there's strict strict rules, of course, and one of them is a special hang tag, and um, that's purchased from a special place. And then um, there's a third printing location um, that is required, so um, to authenticate the officialness. If, yeah. for lack of a better word. But, um, yeah, so the cost right now um, for that tea is higher than anything he's doing. So um, it's, you know, it's forced forced our hand on, on price-wise. Um, hopefully if we can, if he can start selling everything, then um, we can order bigger batches, you know, of print, you know, from the printer and the cost will go down. But Right now, we're trying to keep a uh, – that's been a challenge, too, because um, he doesn't know what sizes to order or how many, and I don't know. So between the two of us, we just fumble through it. Um, and we don't want to get overwhelmed in our because we're just in our house. We don't want our office to be overwhelmed with, you know, shirts. So it's it's challenging. Well, okay, okay. I'll let you slip by this time. <laughs> but the short answer should be because the Air Force is the best – and so that's why they cost a bit more. So I, I yeah. will well, buy an yeah. Air Force shirt. Thank you for your service. <laughs> yes, thank you for your service, definitely. And and the U.S. Navy has a bigger beef with him because he is struggling to find – He the Army and the Navy denied um, because it was such a new company and because of his age. Um, so he's struggling to find a 
um, a Navy symbol that people recognize that looks official, but, you know, not crossing the line. Yeah, so you don't get in trouble for using the real symbol. Right. It's, it's been a challenge. We, you know, uh, he has been looking and, and searching, and I don't know, we get a lot of uh, messages about it, but um, the Army one is, I think it's an old school that you picked, kind yeah. of an old school throwback, and everybody sees it and they know, so that's really not um, an issue, but Navy's tricky. Yeah, it is. Uh, what about the Marines? Are they being cooperative? The Marines deny Miller as well. They're all very supportive, all but very supportive. Just, you know, I'm 14, companies not just now like a year old. They can't do much with it or work with it. They get, We have to be in business for a certain amount of time, having a certain amount of things to qualify for the um, a license. Nice. But he picked a really cool, um, uh, uh, cool image for the Marines, I think. So, I mean, like I said, the Navy is the one he's been struggling with. So, hopefully... If any, if any of your listeners have any suggestions, he's open to it because that's one that we definitely told him he could move forward with as soon as he figures it out. Yeah. Well, I, I do see some callers in the studio. I just want to remind them, if you want to ask Miller or his mom, Chris, a question, please press 1. That way I'll see that you have something you want to add to the show. Otherwise, I will assume that you are listening. Uh, so thank you even for listening into the show. Um, one of the things I found really amazing is – how much you care for other people and you recognize that depression is a big problem in our society here and um, you put down some small steps people can do to help with depression and I congratulate you to being so mature at your age to worry about the welfare of other people around you yeah I mean yeah it's a big deal kids these days they're you know committing suicide and stuff and it's terrible they haven't lived much of their life and i just don't think at this age you should be so unhappy and there's you know a few things a few things that can really make a difference and i know the one thing that makes me really happy is motocross and my dogs and that's and this obviously and i mean it's just simple things that can just bring so much joy in your life well you what gotta, I, I love about your website that you've put down not just a 800 number that people can call if they need help, a depression hotline, which is 866-567-8352. People can find that by going to your website, Do Works That Matter, and go to your blog. But you also put down another website that is healthyplace.com. And I like the, the steps that you have on here to help people with depression. Let's talk about those. Well, and Miller? and can you? I was, oh. was going to say if you can help him because he's written that we those oh. blogs are kind of some of them are older than others. He's like, yeah, I don't been, know, I, I, I don't know. And I and I I did okay. want to tell you that it was I did tell him it was important that when we do, um, if he's going to do something as important as depression, that that number needed to be there. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm always you know making sure because that's a heavy topic. Yeah. And I did not want it to come off from a 14-year-old um, and, and seem aloof. So, um, you know, he put in his thoughts on it, and then I made sure that the the correct um, 
numbers and information was up there so that it was not taken into, you know, like Miller was trying to rule the world or anything. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm just so focused on new content and new things to say. I can't always, I don't always have everything <laughs> in my head. I'm just so focused on new stuff and sometimes I forget a little bit. I don't have the best memory either, but yeah. Miller's, um, I have, I have worked him. I said, you know, content, marketing content, that's something that his new to all of us as yeah. far as so, I said you need it for your website so I say to him I you need a blog so every day I just I'm constantly working on content that's all I think about most of the time wow well what you wrote here which I found absolutely fantastic so I'm going to read it you wrote you smile but you want to cry you talk but you want to be quiet you pretend like you're happy but you aren't and that's when you give the healthy com. And you go on further and say, depression is a serious darkness that many people deal with on a daily basis. For some, it's a temporary and difficult times, while others may find themselves in a constant battle to cope and overcome it. For those who deal with depression, it may take a lot of effort to put on a happy face, get out of bed, handle simple everyday tasks, and some struggle just to exist. For someone as young as you to recognize this in people and know that people exist, you know, they may be smiling and laughing, but you have no idea what's going on behind their head. Yeah, I've had some friends that are kind of like that at school, and obviously at school I'm just surrounded by kids and other people, and I know um, adults, you know, obviously have depression too, but around kids I just, I've become friends with some and I realize, like, you know, they act happy and they act different around people, but on the inside, they're just so unhappy. It really sucks, and it hurts me that they have to put on a mask every day and act different. And I feel like, you know, that that's terrible. They shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, and I'm a little surprised, well, too, that Miller has shared with me um, some from people he was close to um, some issues. And, you know, it just it seems like it's happening much at a much younger age these days. Yeah, and it, it is curious that it is happening. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Miller. No, um, kids Kids are so mean these days. Kids are so cruel, and any little thing they will make fun of you for, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, a lot of it, because they're so young, is because the kids that are their age are doing it to them. They're being so mean, and they're giving them anxiety about stuff, and, you know, it it really stinks. I mean, for you to be so mature and see that, it's, it is amazing. Because I have a dear friend of mine, uh, when we were going to school, we were best friends, but she was always depressed over something, thinking that she's too fat or she didn't look good enough or people were talking behind her back. And as a, her best friend, you listen to this day in and day out and you try to make them feel better. But it, it's something that they have to struggle with for their entire life. And in my high school, my high school class president you committed suicide. You know, it, it was very difficult. He was also a very dear friend. And we need to recognize that this does exist in kids. And don't assume simply because you're a kid, you're happy-go-lucky. You know, you deal with things. Uh, whether or not, like you said, it's bullying or people teasing you or being pressured because of the school curriculum and you just can't keep up. You know, there's a lot of pressure on kids today. And then this disassociation and I don't know, Miller, if you recognize this, that, you know, kids that have their faces in their smart devices are not interacting with other kids the way they should. Where you yeah, they don't out, have the... So they just... Yeah, go ahead. 
they don't have the social skills. They haven't really developed any good social skills because they're so wrapped up in their phone. It's kind of awkward for them to make like uh, either conversation with other peers or like adult conversation with people. It's just a struggle for them sometimes, and it's kind of hard to watch because you know that you just sit there buried in your phone. You don't really know how things work like that, and especially like the dinner exactly. table and stuff. It, Exactly, exactly. And this is a fault of our society. We have to have kids more interactive because we're raising a whole generation uh, that just do not how, know how to behave socially. I had a, a pastor come over to my house, and he was in charge of the youth groups, and he said he tries to train them for a job interview. Some of these kids cannot even look you in the eye, have no idea how to shake someone's hand, are frightened of shaking someone's hand, or but, Miller, you are doing wonderful work. And some of the things you talk about with the depression is that one of the biggest symptoms is feeling of worthlessness. And you tell them to find a connection. And this is where they love you in the chat room because Cal uh, writes, anyone who loves a dog is a great person. You know, there's, there's uh-huh. something special about owning a pet and how it can make you it, overcome some of that depression. It really is. Dogs, I've got two, Webster and Leo. And they really make a big difference no matter how I'm feeling. If I just go down, I've got a room in the basement with a big bean bag, and I sit down there and I watch a movie with them. And, and Webster's so energetic, and it's just so fun to play with him. It's just it's hard to be mad when you can see him doing circles because he's so happy to see you and barking. And uh, it, it just really puts a smile on my face every time. And well, that's funny. I've, I've got six. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, that was one of his things he wanted to do with the animal rescue team, um, because he he did feel like, you know, mental health is really connected to animals and, and how it really helps people through a lot of hard times, their animals do. Yeah, and like, uh, even at my school, there's a kid that has a disability, and he's got a dog that helps him, and he takes it to school and stuff, and I think that's really cool. And people come back from the military, if they have, like, PTSD, uh, they can have uh, emotional support dogs and stuff that are specifically trained for stuff like that. You know, it's funny, because I've got six cats, and, boy, every single day, it's another antic. I've got one imp who loves to play fetch. You take his toy, you throw it, and like a dog, he'll come back and bring it to you. <laughs> I mean, I was, watch- I was watching one of them. Uh, for some reason, in the middle of the floor, he starts biting onto the tail end of his tail and going in circles. I'm going, the cat is doing like a dog. So, yes, they do bring bring, bring great joy uh, to us. Uh, but another thing is you write about finding your light. And, you know, people tend to you know forget that there are good things around them, that they have to grab onto them. This is something you talk about. Yeah, you can't just focus on the bad things in life. If you just dwell on the past or focus on everything bad that's happened that day, one thing bad could happen that whole day and that's all you focus on and it makes the whole day terrible because you've got it in your mind that your day was bad. But if you take the good things out of uh, the day or whatever it was you've done, just take the good things and focus on that and don't worry about all the bad stuff that happened and it'll, it'll help. Yeah, and you also talk about finding humor. You know, some some people are just so serious 
that something hysterical may be happening right in front of them, and they just will not find the humor in things. Yeah, laughing is the best medicine, or laughter is the best medicine. It Having a joke, I mean, I'm pretty, when I'm with my friends, I joke a lot. I'm pretty sarcastic. I just like to have a lot of fun, and that helps. And it's way better than just kind of sitting there and not really joining in on the fun. Well, it's funny because I know one time my husband started getting angry about something, and I'm looking at him, and I forget what it was. I started cracking up. And he stopped being angry. He looked at me and he thought about it. And the next thing you know, the two of us were just laughing. You know, you got to realize there's always two sides to an issue. You may look at it as something extremely serious, but there may be a lighter side to it that helps you accept whatever it is that you're facing at that moment. Yeah, if you can make a joke out of a bad situation, uh, it's it's a good way to handle it, <laughs> in my opinion. You know, it, it, it's, you're, it doesn't mean that you're not taking responsibility for whatever is happening. It's not meaning that you're not accepting the seriousness of the moment. Yeah, but, definitely you know, not. It helps definitely you not. deal with it. It yeah. helps you deal with it a little bit better. It's, it's an attitude, which is something else you write about. It's, it's a person's attitude will, will actually dictate how a situation turns out. Uh, yeah, attitude is a big deal in a lot of things. It's just all where your head is. It can change, like, I mean, if you have a bad attitude, then it's going to affect you and your actions. I think, too, um, there, go ahead. No, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, I think, you know, Miller's um, attitude, I think he learns a lot through motocross, and he translates it over to his company because, um, you know, there's, it's it's all it's, he learned he learned quickly that it is a mindset and if you if you're in a bad mood or you have a bad attitude towards something uh, things are not going to go well for you and and if you're smiling and looking and being grateful and have gratitude for all the things in your life that definitely um, you can't go wrong. Yeah, and I've learned like on motocross you sit on a gate and the gate drops and you go. And when I'm sitting on the gate waiting for it to go, I like to sit there. I like to joke with my dad. I like to have fun. I tell everyone beside me, good luck, have a good race, be safe, knuckle bumps and stuff. And I I just feel like if I do that and I'm being happy, it just, it makes me have a good race because I'm just happy. I'm like genuinely happy to be there. I'm excited and it just makes everything, it feels like I ride better. Well, translates into that attitude. And this is what we need to teach our kids today. And this is something, unfortunately, in our school system we need to reform because it's not being done. Uh, the, the school systems that we have just need a lot of help at this point, which I think Mike fell asleep. Mike, you still with us? Oh, I'm still here. I, I just <laughs> Sorry, tried to... Mike, did we put no, you to no, sleep? <laughs> no, but I'm enjoying the conversation so much, and, and um, I, I didn't want to interrupt and step on someone again because I've done it several <laughs> times during this show. But I oh, would like fine. to say this. Um, Miller, you're an exceptional young man, um, and you've thank become you, an important young man. And the reason I say that is I work here in Pensacola with a school of uh, troubled kids. When I say trouble, they have appeared before a judge and said, either you go to jail or you go to this school. 
and they come to our school and we give them two things they don't get anywhere else. One is love and the other is discipline. But when I talk with these young people and I'll ask them, you know, what started the trouble? Um, Often it's because there's a, a broken home. There's not a mother and father there. But the second part is they're new at a school. You know, they've just gone into middle school or they've just gone into high school and they're new. And most kids are just awkward naturally because you're growing and you're learning and you're trying to fit in and so forth. And when you don't, that's when that depression can slip in. That's when you can start acting out. So I say all that, Miller, because you're exceptional and you're in an important position. And if you see someone who seems to be on the outside, on a periphery, who's not being included, because of who you are and what you're doing, you can go over to them and just say, hey, how are you doing? Or shake their hand or say, hey, let's eat lunch together, recognizing they're still going to be awkward because they just are. There's plenty of adults who are awkward. But that little gesture from you because of how important you are, Miller, can really be a life changer for some people. All of a sudden, there's this feeling inside of them that there is someone who's interested in me. There is someone who likes me. And that little gesture can actually pull them out of that state that they're going, that downward spiral of depression. Yeah, I've been told I'm pretty easy to talk to and it's always nice to have, you know, someone easy to talk to and you can open up to and just kind of confide in. And I've been that person quite a bit um, who they trust to talk to and things. And I, it's, I can see a difference in the way they act and at school and stuff and uh, just their attitude and everything. Excellent. We call him our little mayor because he's, he goes around hugging and kissing babies and shaking hands. And so (laughs) we're always in awe of him because I'm still, as an adult, I still shy back and, and, and hover in the corner, but Miller, he's always out there and, you know, you're talking about a 14-year-old walking up to police police stations, to fire stations, to the recruiting offices, and you know this is this is his thing. So he's he heads out and he and he does it and talks to them and tells them. And even before that, you know, like we went to New York to visit friends. I'd be on the subway. I'd just start talking to whoever was around me if I was standing next to him or sitting next yeah. to him. I would just start talking to them. I'd ask them how their day was and what they were doing and stuff. And when I was younger, I yeah, was... he's always been one of the. <laughs> as a child, always asking people how they're doing if they can. We we were at the beach um, for a week this summer, and I'm sitting there watching him uh, surf in the water. And then all of a sudden, the next thing I know, he has five bags and he's carrying. A cooler. <laughs> a cooler, and I'm like, um, what, what are you doing? And he's like, this lady needs help. I'm gonna. So he like literally. She was struggling, <laughs> and she had a cooler. She had like five bags with her. So two I, little kids. I, yeah, two little kids. So I took the cooler. I took all but two of the bags, and when I walked all that stuff a mile down the beach to where all of the rest of her family was. Yeah, wow. it was it was just entertaining because I was like, where are you going, and where did you get all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. So. So he's just always, that's always been Miller, and it's it's been a joke in the family. And like I said, he's the little mayor, and um, I think it's great. I know he didn't get it from me, but I think it's great. <laughs> well, you know, there's a serious question. 
serious question in the chat room that I'm going to ask because uh, it's a little bit off of what we're talking about. But, Miller, you are such an exceptional person. <coughs> Excuse me. But when you see things on in the news, such as the Antifa riots, what is, how does that make you feel? And you work a lot with cops and firefighters and stuff. How does, how does that make you feel when, when you see them out there trying to control these riots? I, I It kind of makes me mad because there's so much hate in the world for police and stuff, obviously, but, like, you know... Who are you going to, you're going to call, you're still going to call 911 when you're in trouble or you need something. And it just makes no sense that all these people are uh, getting crazy and stuff. And I feel bad for all the riot control that have to go out there and control that stuff. It's just, uh, they shouldn't have to do stuff like that. They shouldn't get that wild and stuff. You know, Chris, there's a comment in the chat room. This is more towards you because, you know, you and your husband raised such a wonderful kid. You know, it used to be someone like Miller would be an Eagle Scout. He is actually practicing everything they teach Eagle Scouts to do. Oh, do they? I'm not familiar with the Eagle. I'm not familiar with the Eagle Scouts, but um, both um, both my boys, we just tried to, you know, raise them the, the way we – my husband and I were raised. Um, I grew up in rural Virginia, um, and he grew up here in rural uh, North Carolina. Um, so, you know, with with our set of values, we've just tried to instill in our boys, you know, what we what we as parents, you do the best you can. <laughs> it's all trial and error, but you know, we tried to do what we thought was right um, and raise them, and we we're proud of both of them. Man, Miller, you are an absolutely exceptional young man, and thank you for all the hard work you do. And your um, your website, Do Work That Matters, is important. And it is important that we do recognize those that every day give of themselves selfishly, uh, selflessly, I should say, not selfishly, selflessly. Um, so I'm going to encourage everyone to go to doworksthatmatter.us and check out the T-shirts. Maybe buy one for a Christmas gift. You got Christmas coming up shortly. Uh, think about that because you have to have a neighbor, friend, family member that is doing something that really does matter, and one of your T-shirts could just boost their morale. Yeah, and I want I want to spread a message with my T-shirt. So I'm not out here trying to sell shirts and make money. I'm trying to spread a message, and I really hope that uh, these T-shirts mean more than just a shirt. I want people to have a real connection to this. I want it to mean something to them, whether it's a wife that has a husband in the military or you're retired or still in the service or um, police or whatever it is, I just want people to have con- connection to this shirt and this company. Okay. And if you don't want to go to, and if you don't want to go to the website and buy a shirt or anything, uh, check it out. Uh, check us out at Facebook. Facebook is Dewark That Matters. Twitter is at Muddy Boots Co. And then our Instagram is Dewark That Matters. Man, absolutely amazing. Mike, I'll give you the final question before we uh, we sign off. Well, again, Miller, you're doing an exceptional thing, and I'm glad you just mentioned your Facebook page um, because I have three separate Facebook pages, and I maxed out on all three of them at 5,000. So oh, I wow. Want share, I want to share your Facebook page on mine. Get that out because before today I didn't know about you. And more people need to know about what you're doing. I think it's great. Um, I will buy the Air Force tee, 
and I'll buy the marine tea because my son's a marine. So uh, you'll you'll get some from the Hill household. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you for your service, and thank your son for his service. He's doing an amazing thing. Absolutely. Well, Chris, it has been a pleasure having you and Miller on the show. And as I said, there's a link to Do Work That Matters up on the show page when people listen to the archives. They can go on it and help contribute. And let's get this company up and running so that we can get the Marines and the Navy and everyone else on board and get the money out there to help with your good charities. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate this. It means a lot to be on here. Thank you so much. I can't, uh, I just can't thank you enough. Yeah, and you also have links to other interviews, so we're not your first interview. You've had some pretty uh, good ones out there. Yeah, I've been in newspapers, uh, magazines, the news. Radio, you did. Thank you so much. (laughs) You kind of blanked out. Well, thank you for uh, joining us, uh, Miller and Chris, and good luck and God bless for all the hard work you do. Thank you so much for having us. Take care. Thank you both. Bye. All right. uh, Chris uh, Miller, uh, Chris Browning, (laughs) Miller Browning's mom and Miller Browning do works that matter. Us. Mike, it's been a great show, an exciting show, uh, and that's all I got for today. Well, I'll tell you what, Annie, it's been a pleasure being with you, and we covered such a variety of topics today, from uh, Brandon with the uh, walk away to uh, Miller, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, the young man we just had, uh, Miller and his mother, Chris, and the work that they do. It was a great show, Annie. Yeah, and uh, we we do know that Kavanaugh is heading to the Senate floor for his uh, vote to become a, a Supreme Court justice, so we'll see how that goes. I'm sure we're going to see more circus going on. Uh, Senator Jeff Flake, of course, sided with the Democrats, so like I said, he's got the perfect last name. He flaked out. Uh, so oh, we know. do know, and thank you for, for all your help here, Mike. Um, also, I'll as far as I can see with the F-35B that crashed today just a few miles away from us, the pilot did eject safely. He's okay. It looks like at this point no one else has been injured. Uh, but an F-35 did crash here in Buford out of the Marine Corps Air Station. Our thoughts and prayers are with them over there, and now it's going to be a messy cleanup because it'll be a toxic uh, area over there. But we're going to be back here uh, next week. We're going to have Dr. Carol Swain. And uh, Sheriff Richard Mack will be with us. Uh, And then um, I'm trying to think what I got coming on after that. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but we've got some great shows lined up coming up next week. So, Mike, I want to thank you for filling in for Curtis. And do you have anything going on that people should know about right now? Um, I'm just running for office. (laughs) I run the the, uh, primary, but the general election is coming up November 6th. It looks good for me right now um, because I'm running as a Republican, and there are the registered Republicans to Democrats were up by 10 in my district. So it looks good, but you never take it for granted. You continue to work hard. Um, you continue to work as if you're behind. And um, I'm excited about your show next week. Um, Carol Swain, I know her um, because we are both members of Council for National Policy. 
and I've seen some of her Prager University YouTube um, uh, five-minute uh, educational pieces she does. So you're going to have a great guest next week. Well, feel free to join us. We'll always take your call. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to add you to the lineup. And Curtis will be back with us uh, on uh, next week. So, Mike, thank you for everything you do. And uh, I'll be talking to you soon. And I'll be leaving with our guests with our closing song, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. So I say good night, God bless, and until then, be safe. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.